Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is just a weird pick to draft a quarterback who at best I think is a developmental project. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts should not have been a second round pick. The Eagles shouldn't have selected him in the second round. How does Nick Sirianni look after his first news conference? Like a puppet. Kansas City is no longer the best roster in that division. Sorry, they're not. Chargers have massively upgraded. Well... Let's see him without Tyree Gill. Well, now we're going to get to see it. You can't doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. Brace you snow the Eagles train to go. Obviously, we didn't end the season the way we wanted to. Uh, we can learn from that. And at the end of the day, we have to, to come into this next year with a blank slate and try to find a way to get to the Super Bowl again. It's been a lot. You know, I'm not going to make this about me, man. This, this city, this is a special city. They deserve everything that's going on. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the On the Sideline podcast with Jackson and Kyle. I am Jackson and I'm joined here as always by the man who just bet his life savings on Nick Bolton, Super Bowl MVP. Kyle, how are you doing? I uh, got some chills, man. That was a great video. Great trailer. Thank you. Yes. Um, don't doubt my man, Nick Bolton. That's all I got to say. Big game coming. <laughs> yeah. Big, big game, Nick. Uh, that's definitely him. Yeah. That's who they're, <laughs> that's who they're referring to. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle, I am pumped up 
for this for this. I think this is going to be, uh, you know, I'm very excited for this podcast. Very excited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, this is this is going to be a good one. I, I really, I really believe it. I think this should be fun. I mean, there, it's not very often I think we get the two best teams in the Super Bowl in this for a season. And I think from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, I think you could have argued San Francisco and Cincinnati had better like ceilings. But I think from the beginning to the end of the season, the overall body of work, the records speak for themselves. These two teams have been fantastic, and this should be a fantastic game. Yeah, the right two teams are here. That that's just the way you feel about it. This is the, the, when we think about the NFL season, how it all went. These are the two teams that should have been here. I one hundred percent agree, and both of them have overcome a lot of different things. You know, Philadelphia obviously their quarterback was injured at the end of the season. Now they're already kind of in the playoffs, but there was a re- very real chance they could have lost that one seed down mm-hmm. to the end of the season. Um, Kansas City <laughs> traded their best receiver before right. the season. They they said, you know what? They've invested fifteen million dollars basically total in their receiving core outside of Travis Kelsey. So I mean, what they've been able to do this season. And their offenses statistically got better without Tyreek Hill and been able to do this. It's been an impressive, uh, impressive year for both teams. Yeah. Well, why don't we actually even start there before we get into the actual game preview of it all, uh, which we will be breaking down every single little detail and leaving no stone unturned here uh, on the on the sideline podcast of all the you know full podcast just previewing the one game. But I kind of do want to start with just how these teams got there. And you think about the the Chiefs. Here's the list of players they added just in the past two years. Not in just past two years, they drafted, uh, or you know, in 2021, they drafted Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith, along with trading for Orlando Brown Jr. and signing Joe Thune. Then in 2022, they signed Marquez Valdez Gantling, Juju Smith Schuster, Justin Reed, and Carlos Dunlap, along with drafting. This is just in this most recent draft. Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, Joshua Williams, Sky Moore, Brian Cook, Jalen Watson, and Isaiah Pacheco. That's seven players who have had a significant impact in this season. They drafted in one draft class, also traded for Kadarius Toney. In two years, there's, uh, what is that, uh, 15, 17 guys that they've added that have had significant impacts in the Super Bowl run? It's insane. Yeah, and that's not even including like guys like, you know, uh, Legereus Need, who didn't have a lot of impact on that 2020 season. That was his rookie year. He right. was pretty good. He had some interceptions. That was really it. He's kind of become their number one guy at corner, too. I mean, it, it's they've overhauled this roster, and they've learned – I think they've learned really well how to try and build a team around Mahomes and his contract. And, you know, we, we've we talked about it, that the, the, the quarterback on – the elite quarterback on the rookie contract is one of the, you know, biggest advantages a sports team can have. Um, and we've mm-hmm. seen teams really struggle to surround themselves with elite talent when they pay that quarterback money. And I right. think the Chiefs have just done an incredible job of being able to surround that quarterback with talent because they've identified talent, first of all, in their draft, and they drafted really well. And then they've hit on some free agents, some veteran free agents too. And all of these guys have kind of worked out, and they paid their key players, whether it's a Chris Jones or a Travis Kelsey. Frank Clark, not so much, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. he comes up with big plays in the playoffs, even if it's a bad contract. And listen, you can afford one, right? Like you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna hit on everyone, but when you, especially when you have the Mahomes thing, you can make it work. And and again, you know, it's interesting because I, I think about so we both just I think everyone just didn't love the Tyree Kill trade when it happened. Uh, I remember one of the things I said in sort of a devil's advocate way, which you know wasn't what I thought, but just kind of like 
playing it out of like, couldn't you argue this is what the Patriots did of once a player is about to get paid, you trade them and use those assets to try and build a more complete roster around your star quarterback. And at the time, I, you know, even though I said it, I didn't really believe it. Now I kind of believe it. Now you see the value of it. And again, it also helps when you can draft as well as they've drafted getting, you know, again seven contributors in a single draft. Well, I think the amazing thing about the Tyree kill trade and what's come out of it is like the moves they made haven't necessarily come to fruition yet. So like Sky Moore was drafted as like the replacement, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to try and get some production out of Sky Moore. I, I still think Sky Moore is a talented player and I think he has a future and he's going to be good in this team. He hadn't really had that much of an impact this season. Uh, you know, they trade for Kadarius Tony right around the trade deadline as someone they want to take a chance on and see if he can make an impact for this receiving core too. Tony, I mean, he's had a couple splash plays, but it, it's kind of been the same Kadarius Tony where he gets out, he gets in, injured a lot. He's out of the lineup a lot. He hasn't had quite that impact. It's been guys like, you know, taking a chance on Marquez Valdez Scantling on a flyer, uh, McCole Hardman stepping up in spots. And then also the change of the offense that we've talked about over and over again, where, They know what people are throwing at them. They don't want Mahomes to beat them with a 70-yard pass. And he is taking those chances. He is taking those checkdowns. He's using guys like Jarek McKinnon, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. And obviously, there's, of course, that Travis Kelsey guy who's pretty good, too. Right. Well, right. And I think kind of what we talked about is, I don't know if this team is, like, if this team... I don't know. What's what's a bad team this year? The the, the, uh, Texans. Does this team beat the Texans by as many points as they beat this year as they do last year? I don't think so. And they actually, weirdly, the Texans played them tough this year. But, you know, just for <laughs> an hypothetical, uh, if, the, if you know, if that's the case, I do think that you're better with Tyreek Hill. But I think what this team can do is they can beat good teams more consistently than last year's team can. Yeah. And they played a lot of close games this year. I mean, they mm-hmm. really did. And there was even games like, you know, it kind of bit them in the butt against that in that Colts game where they lost that one earlier in the season. But, you know, they played the Chargers close. They played the Bucks close. They played the Raiders close uh, the se- the first time, not the second time. Um, you know, it, they had a couple blowouts in there. They had a couple of games that looked like old KC. But for the most part, they played a lot of close games and they learned how to kind of grind out these results. And I think we definitely saw that in the last game against Cincinnati, too. Yeah, I don't know if the Bucks game was that close, but uh, I agree with what you said in the, the main Score point. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, we have a, a, a chat saying like, "Hey, don't forget about World Ender Clyde Edwards Elaire." But that's the interesting thing too is like they, this has not been a perfect run for Brett Veach, the GM, since he became the GM. Like the the Frank Clark trade is clearly a miss. Uh, the you know the Clyde Edwards Elaire thing has been a miss. But again, these past two years, he just completely knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and you know what? You can miss a few things if you're going to hit things like a seventh round running back too. You know, right. You may miss on the first round running back. If you hit on the seventh round running back, it works out. And if you know, you may miss on the, um, you know, the, the big trade edge rusher, but if you hit on your first round defensive end, which they kind of have, uh, you know, that's another thing that's going to work out. Well, yeah, and even in that 2020 draft, they drafted uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. Okay, that one was a bust. But then they also got Willie Gay, Legereus Sneed, and Mike Dana in that draft. So it's like, that's that's a great draft. It's just, yeah. you know, it wasn't the first round pick that you got the talent from. Yeah, so, you know, you, you, not everyone not everyone bats a 1,000. But what you, you really want to hit around 500. That's really the goal. And then you got to hit on the quarterback. And, of course, the biggest reason why they're back in this spot 
is because they have a quarterback who's about to win his second MVP. He's 27 years old. He's probably the best in the world right now. And he's got the whole world at his feet. It's Patrick Mahomes. And that's the big reason why this team is successful. And they're going to be successful for the next decade. Yeah. Speaking of uh, hitting on your uh, draft picks, let's talk about the Eagles as well, how they got here, what they did well. They're, Kyle, guess how many players are left over from the 2017 team? Um, I was just thinking about this. I know for sure three. No, four. Um, sorry. Because you got Jason Kelsey, the starting center, who's maybe the best center in football. You got Lane Johnson, who's gutting out an injury right now at right tackle. You got Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, all four guys on the line of scrimmage, all four guys back. Yes. Also, Isaac Samello, the uh, guard, is oh, uh, he was there in 2017, and then Jake Elliott, the kicker. So six total players were there in 2017. And again, it, it's interesting where you talk about uh, the, the moves that Howie Roseman has made uh, to basically uh, for a guy who basically his first move uh, as official GM once he got, uh, you know, handed it was having a hand in hiring Chip Kelly only for then Chip Kelly to replace him at GM uh, to, to then trade his, their starting quarterback and then get fired and have Howie Roseman go back to GM. It was a weird start. For Howie Roseman, uh, but he's done a great job since then. He, you know, the uh, he got rid of he's. Uh, I think people forget he got a first round pick for uh, Sam, trading uh, Sam Bradford. Did you remember that, Kyle? Um, it's vaguely right. It it's vaguely in the back of my mind. I didn't remember this it that much. Gotten the first round pick for Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's incredible work. Not yeah. only that, yeah, I mean, not only that, but also there's the the you know, wherewithal to draft a quarterback in that spot where, you know, I, I got to be honest, I don't really know if they thought at the time when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round that he was going to be this guy. Uh huh. I think they were thinking, let's just try and get a backup quarterback and see where it goes. Because the year before, like, uh, I think there is some revisionist history on this. 2018, Carson Wentz was excellent, you know. He had yeah. 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, 7 picks, almost 70% completion percentage. 2019, Carson Wentz was still really good. 64% completion percentage, 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He struggles that year. He gets hurt. Jalen Hurts comes in, and that's why he invests in the quarterback position. They got one. They got a backup in the second round, and it worked out. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the question was, is Wentz ever going to be the MVP candidate he was again, which the answer was no. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't like he was just a complete bust either. It, and I remember how Rosen was asked, uh, why did you draft Jalen Hurts? And he said, well, Carson Wentz has injury issues and we don't want, you know, we want to make sure we have a good backup quarterback. Like that's, I mean, again, maybe he's just saying the right thing, but that's what he said. And listen, uh, we talk about the value of a, of a good quarterback, of a star quarterback, Jalen Hurts has been a star, and they're not here uh, if they don't make that draft selection. Yeah. Yeah, he had a little bit of an injury this season, but still played in 15 games. 3,700 yards, 67% completion percentage, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's to go along with 760 yards on the ground and 13 rushing touchdowns, which is unbelievable. I mean, he's had a fantastic year, and I mean, he really kind of just embodies this offense a little and what their identity is. Yeah. Uh, you know, another... Uh, you know, another key move that he made was the the Darius Slay trade of, you know, uh, in, in hindsight, Lions really uh, might have screwed that one up, giving, getting rid of Darius Slay for a third and a fifth. Uh, oh, I mean, Darius Slay, he can't deal with the, do well in the Matt Patricia defense. Clearly, he's a bust. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who struggles in Matt Patricia defense, you might as well just buy, you know, buy, buy low on guys who struggle with Matt Patricia as their coach. Matt yeah. Jones, comeback season incoming. Um, <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah, that was bad. But at the interest the interesting thing was this Philadelphia secondary was bad for so many years. And it mm-hmm. felt like they never had the right pieces in place. And it was like a jigsaw puzzle where it was like you're missing your corner pieces. And where mm-hmm. are our corner pieces? Literally corners. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like this time this year they put it all together. It's like it was always like, okay, one guy's nice. They're missing a slot guy. They're missing an outside guy. And then all of a sudden it's like a great slot guy in Avante Maddox, two good outside guys in James Rodberry and Darius Slay, and then good safeties in CJ Gardner-Johnson and Reed Blankenship. All of a sudden this is the best secondary in the league, just like that. Yeah, and again, we talk about the uh, the value of drafting well. Uh, again, I'm gonna th- let me throw some drafts at, at you. 2018, they got Dallas Goddard in the second round, Avante Maddox in the fourth. Josh Sweat also in the fourth, and Jordan Mailata in the seventh. Uh, then the next year in 2019, they only got Miles Sanders really of note, but they also added TJ Edwards as an undrafted free agent. Uh, 2020, they got Hurts. Uh, 2021, they drafted Devonta Smith, Landon Dickerson, Kenneth Gainwell, and Milton Williams. Uh, four starters or three starters and a contributor in Gainwell for them. Uh, and then in 2022, they got Jordan Davis. But what they also did was that was kind of the year they added elsewhere they signed guys like Bradbury like you said also Kaiser White Hassan Reddick they traded for as you mentioned CJ Gardner Johnson and then AJ Brown and just really that's kind of the way they did it they drafted well got the good team and then once they said okay we're good let's sign some free agents let's try to be great and they succeeded yeah and they pulled the opposite of Kansas City right like the biggest name of all that of course is AJ Brown in the year he's had he's been Mm -hmm. fantastic this season he's been everything this team needed and you know it's an interesting contrast because you know you look at Kansas City where it was a team that had you know they just paid their elite quarterback they had an elite tight end they had elite options at their disposal so they were okay with letting Tyree Hill go and retooling the Eagles had a rookie quarterback. They had the money to make a move like this, and they decided to go big. And, you know, if you just look back at that team last season and what they did in the playoffs and going in that Tampa Bay game, and Jalen Hurts looked a little overwhelmed. He looked overwhelmed and outmatched in that game. They go and get him a guy in A.J. Brown. You know, a lot of teams would have, you know, how many conversations did we have about Tua in the offseason? Is, is Tua a guy? Is Tua a starting quarterback? Philadelphia said, this is our guy. Jalen Hurts is our guy. They put everything around him at his disposal to be successful. And one of those has been A.J. Brown, who's basically been the best man receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've been absolutely fantastic. And, Kyle, that's how these teams got here. Let's talk about the game itself. The Super Bowl. First, we got to talk about the point situation, Kyle, as I have a five-point lead. Like golf, you want the lowest score here. Uh, there is a, I don't know, real chance for a three-peat here. I will be making my pick at the end of this podcast of who I have winning the Super Bowl. Uh, and if I pick it right, then I win for the third year in a row. If I pick it wrong, then you finally get a victory. Yeah, I think we're going to disagree on this pick. I have a, I have an inkling we're going to disagree on this pick. So I'm curious to see where you go. I feel like I'm going to get the side I want anyway. So we'll see how this plays out. Okay, interesting. Because uh, again, you made the decision last week our last uh, pick show to uh, basically put it in my hands. You basically punted in the conference championship. Yeah. I limited my, I limited my points and it, it, you know, it was whatever I got the game wrong anyway. So it worked out. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get down big. So I'm okay here. I'm okay in this spot. And uh, you know, just looking, looking for the right side of this thing, you know, 50, 50 chance. <laughs> Sure. I'm interested in seeing where you're going because I have no idea who you're going to pick, but I know who I'm going to pick, although it took me basically until yesterday to finally figure it out. 
the Eagles are one and a half point favored uh, in this one. And uh, should we start with Patrick Mahomes? Uh, yeah, sure. We can start with Patrick Mahomes. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good good quarterback. Uh, guy can play well, and I have to say, Kyle, I think that the supporting cast of the Chiefs is getting underrated in this. I, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I definitely think the supporting cast for the Eagles is better, and by supporting cast, I mean team outside the quarterback. But uh, but I, I I don't know. I feel like people are acting like this is an A plus supporting cast for the Eagles and like a C minus supporting cast for the Chiefs. I think it's like an A minus supporting cast for the Chiefs. There's a lot of good players here. They still got good pass catchers. They still do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, some things really well. And there's no such thing as a C minus supporting cast that has Travis Kelsey. It's just right. Not true. And <laughs> uh-huh. not to mention the offensive line. And yeah. you know, we, we make fun of Andrew Wiley on the t- all the time, but mm-hmm. there's still four really good offensive linemen on that group. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a mismatch in that spot. I do think the Eagles are better at skill position, but I do think that there is a there's a big factor to this Chiefs offense where I think they're going to have success in this game, and that's Andy Reid and this play calling. I think they've been masterful with how they've handled the play calling this season, and I think that this offense is going to click in this game because of what they're doing. Yeah, uh, the you know the thing. One of the questions about the Chiefs is we still don't know the health of all of these receivers, right? There still is mm-hmm. question marks there, but they just have just a plethora of guys who can come in and play. You know, it's not necessarily the number of guys, but it's the or it's not necessarily the, the names on the back of the jerseys, but, you know, uh, PFF had their receiving core graded higher than the Eagles this season. And a big part of it is because when they have four receivers out there, they have four receivers who can really play and can really get open consistently and can do their role well. I think people view wide receiver as one position. The Chiefs do not. The Chiefs realize that it's different positions, even if it's all counts as wide receiver, and they use guys in different ways. And that's how they've been able to be so consistently successful. And they still do have an elite option. It's just at tight end instead of receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Even even with some of the injury issues, you know, McCole Hardman's obviously not going to play. Like, mm-hmm. I think the beauty of this Kansas City offense and what they do, like, does it matter who's actually outside at receiver? Like, I think Juju's kind of important for them. I think he's the one guy who is like, yeah, we could really use him out on the field for like a six-yard gain every now and then. Mm-hmm. But like... You know, the the difference between Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, McCole Hardman, and Sky Moore, does that feel like a lot to you? No, I even think Justin Watson, he's made some plays when he's been out there. Yeah, yeah, they, ha- they just have guys who can kind of, you know, run the routes and, you know, get open for Mahomes, and that's kind of what they need. Yeah, the issue, though, is will you be able to get open against this Eagles secondary, which we've we'll all talked about. You know, Darius Slay, James Bradbury doesn't get too much better than that. Obviously, really good safeties as well. Uh, Gardner Johnson, Marcus Epson, Reed Blankenship. Uh, Vontae Maddox can play the slot very effectively as well. And one thing that's fascinating to me uh, about this, here's here's a concern I would have if I'm the Eagles. I think the concern you have with your Chiefs is obvious, right? Uh, talent-wise, a lot of big names in that secondary. The one thing I thought of, though, is James Bradbury, Fantastic corner does everything but one thing very well. The one thing he doesn't quite have is speed. That's always that's kind of the one knock on him. Could there be a scenario where you put a a Marquez Valdez Scantling on him and have him run by and maybe get a big play that way? I think Kansas City has to be smart with their shots. I think they're going to try and draw up some big plays and you know draw up some stuff downfield, but I don't think they're going to do it a lot in this game, honestly. And it's twofold reason because number one, yes, Bradbury does struggle with speed. But typically those safeties are over the top all the time. 
This mm-hmm. is a team that plays very deep coverage. Um, and it's, you know, they don't really disguise it either. They know everyone knows they're playing deep coverage. That's what the Eagles do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, you know, the, they're going to have to be smart with it. And the other part of this is that the Eagles defensive line makes it really tough to draw big plays because sure. they're getting to the quarterback really fast. They have a lot of edge rushers that they can sub in and out. Um, but I do think that there's areas for this Kansas city offense to expose this Eagles defense, not really expose, but capitalize on this Eagles defense because of their scheme. Um, I got some stats for you. Do you want me to throw the stats at you? Okay. Yeah. Love, love some good stats. All right. So, from Warren Sharp, let's go through this. Eagles Eagles pass defense is ranked very well. I think it's number one pass defense APA wise, or in, in the top five. Yeah, it's number one um, on passes thrown one through nine, one to nine air yards. The Philadelphia Eagles rank seventeenth in EPA per attempt, seventeenth okay. in success rate, twenty fourth in first down rate, twenty sixth in third down conversion rate, and so basically they are the best passing team when teams try and throw the ball air yards ten yards or more downfield. When teams throw it short on them, they're giving that stuff up because that's just what their scheme does. Uh-huh. And I think what Kansas City has done excellently this season, and especially, you know, a lot of it is also due to personnel. You know, they're they're perfectly cool with Jarek McKinnon getting 10 catches for 57 yards and four first five first downs in the game. They're cool with Travis Kelsey with 14 catches in this game. If they have to go to Travis Kelsey 14 times, they're going to be perfectly content if the Eagles don't adjust to take those yards. And part of the reason they're okay with that is because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league on third down. Nobody stops him on third down. He's at a 58% conversion rate on third down. And it's just really difficult to stop this Kansas City team when it's third and four, third and three, and Patrick Mahomes is back there. Kyle, uh, great stuff by you. And uh, did you mention Travis Kelsey and all of that too? It's like, oh yeah, you also have that guy to worry about on top of it. Yeah. So they they just have so many, you know, the way they're able to scheme up options. I do think they have kind of, they they built their entire offense this off season to beat a defense like Philadelphia's. Uh And I think that's going to be the goal because the, the, the book on Philadelphia right now is they don't love the short passing game. They don't love when a quarterback can throw the ball quickly, which is kind of what Kansas city did last week because Patrick Mahomes was on a bad ankle. And I think Kansas city is just going to copy and paste that blueprint, that playbook into this week. Kansas city spent all off season trying to beat the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's what yeah. they basically did is that's the, they, everything they did is to beat a team like this. Now they might not be able to do it, but this, that's what they tried yeah. to do. Yeah. So that that's their goal and they might succeed at it because of that. But yeah, I mean, there are things that I still think Philadelphia is going to do really well. Like I said, Kansas city is going to try and do some stuff downfield. I don't think they're just going to be cool with yeah. always throwing the five yard out or doing stuff like that. The five yard check down. But at the same time, like it's always a risk to throw downfield on this Philadelphia defense. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, CJ Gardner Johnson, these are three of the best ball hawks in the league. And can they capitalize on turnovers? Because Mahomes doesn't have a lot of turnover worthy plays. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Can they capitalize and force him into some mistakes in this game? Is the question. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, and it's interesting because Mahomes historically has been a high turnover worthy play percentage guy but doesn't actually turn the ball over too much. This year, his turnover play percentage is way down on top of it. So, I mean, these are two quarterbacks who protect the football very well. Um, but yeah, one thing that's fascinating about this as well is the the running game with the, the Chiefs. I'm just interested in this. Of, I think the Chiefs will be successful when they run the ball. 
I don't know how many times they're going to run the ball. That's always that's just a weird thing about this. I think that, you know, schematically, you were on this before I heard anyone else on this about the Eagles run defense, not as good as you would realize. You think, okay, all these great defensive linemen, all these great front seven players, they're going to be great uh, defensively, but, um, you know, the greatest stopping the run hasn't really been the case for the Chiefs. They do run the ball pretty well. Like, they're a good running team. They don't choose to do it very often, but when they, and maybe that, Obviously, that plays a role, right? I mean, you talk about, you know, scheme is a huge part of it. Teams play off against the Chiefs, so their running game is easier that way. The Eagles play off, so therefore their running defense isn't quite as good. But I have no reason to believe that the Chiefs won't play off in this game. So could the Chiefs try and use the run to set up the pass a little in this one? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think they should try at least, too. I think, you know, there's a couple interesting stats, too, with it, with the de- with the offense and the run game. Like, Isaiah Pacheco's not a good yards after contact guy, uh, statistically. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like the the middle of this this interior offensive line for Kansas City is so good at carving out space, yards mm-hmm. after contact really doesn't matter. The Philadelphia Eagles have gotten a lot better. You know, I wouldn't say a lot better. They've gotten better in their run defense with Linvale Joseph and Ndamukong Sue. Um, but at the same time, like so, they, they I think they ended up with the number one run defense in the playoffs so far. Okay, but I, I I don't really know what to do with those numbers because of the San Francisco game right. where they're playing a team who doesn't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're playing a team whose quarterback literally couldn't throw the ball. So right. I don't really do, know what to do with those numbers. Um, but I still don't think it's a great run defense. I, I think it's a better run defense. Uh, but yeah, I do think Pacheco is going to have some spots here that he could get big plays. Yeah, uh, I just think it's interesting. And and I also think that this is a situation, and it's definitely on both. Again, we're talking about the Chiefs and their uh, Chiefs' offense first, then we're going to get the Eagles' offense. But in both ways, it feels like if a team gets a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, it's, it could really very easily be over. It feels like this is the kind of thing where neither team's going to want to fall behind too big because it'll be really hard to come back late in it. Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, if if the Eagles jump out to a lead, it feels like the Eagles are going to win this game, right? Because mm-hmm. they they just have this ability to suck the life out of the football game. We've talked about this all the time. So Kansas City has to be efficient. They have to be smart, and they have to score early because Philadelphia historically has been a very good first-half team because they just basically sit on the football and run for a billion first downs in the second half of games. So they got to be efficient early, and they got to hit their spots. Yeah, uh, it should be very fascinating, but – you know, we're talking about all these positives with the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs should be able to run the ball effectively. Look at these guys. Chiefs should be able to throw the ball relatively effectively. Kyle, four good offensive linemen does not a good off- offensive line make, right? You need five guys. And Orlando Brown Jr., Creed Humphrey, Joe Thune, Trey Smith, those are four great offensive linemen. No one's going to argue that. But well, you got Andrew Wiley as the fifth option, fifth at uh, the right tackle, and that's where the concern comes in. I think there's actually some, cons- you know, maybe some concerns of Orlando Brown Jr., which I've touched on a little bit, and we can get into more detail in a second about that. But when you got Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, and I'll throw Robert Quinn in there, why not give him some love? Uh, sure, uh, that's a concern for the Chiefs. That maybe again. Sure, you can chip him, right? But are you? What are you going to do? Are you going to have Noah Gray in the game playing uh, the block every play? Like, I don't know if you want to do that. Are you going to have, you know, uh, is Isaiah Pacheco going to be uh, pass blocking? That's not what he does well. So it's like, you know, even if you, even if you have to double team him and you can get away with whoever it is who's on 
uh, on Wiley, even if you just doubled him the whole time, that's still taking a player out of the play to do that. So yeah. uh, that's a big mismatch. And that's maybe the biggest mismatch of this side of the ball, in fact. Yeah. The Andrew Wiley of, of it all is a big problem for Kansas City. And as you touched on, I, I don't think it's anything to scoff at either. You know, the Orlando Brown Jr., you mentioned it, is not very good against speed. I thought Cincinnati had a lot of success because Trey Hendrickson gives them a ton of issues. They basically you know, put you know, Trey, Cy was doing it too. Yeah. They put those guys on him. He they blitz him right off edge. And then Orlando Brown struggles to catch up with them. You know, uh, Hassan Reddick is a guy with a lot of speed off the edge too, you know, and the, the tough thing about this Philadelphia defense in this defensive line is you can't, you can't double team guys. You can't scheme things offensive line wise against guys because you can't leave guys on an Island against any one of these players, whether it's Josh sweat, whether it's Hassan Reddick, whether it's Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, all of these guys are going to win their battles. If you put them in a mismatch. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so you you have to find a way to win one-on-one battles basically and beat them straight up, which is extremely difficult to do for, for an entire game. Yeah, you know, because you know, Gabe in the chat saying it's gonna be McKinnon chipping, Mahomes design rollout and tight end chip. Certainly, there's things you can do to get around to get around this stuff, right? You're not just screwed and you don't just have to leave them on one-on-one, but there's just issues, and you can't. You're not going to do it every game, every play. There's going to be mis- uh, mistakes that happen, and you're not limiting your playbook if you are doing that every play. So it's just yeah. it's an advantage for Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, I yeah, it is an advantage, and all it takes is one or two wins for Philadelphia to flip this game, flip the script on this game too. You know, Reddick is not only just a sack guy; he's a I think we touched on it on uh, Sunday. He's a forced fumbles guy when he gets right. sacked. And all it takes is, uh, you know, all it's going to take is one big play from this defensive line to flip the momentum in the game. Yeah, and Mahomes uh, loves a, a good twelve-step drop back, right? He's he's a he's a big fan of the running very far behind his tackles, which could make things even more difficult. Yeah, well, that was one thing they altered that a little bit last week or mm-hmm. last game, right? Because of his ankle and. While we don't know exactly what percentage he's going to be playing at in the Super Bowl, I imagine it's a lot closer to 100%. Mm-hmm. So knowing that they're, you know, their offensive tackles still had a lot of issues in that game. That was the thing. Like their offensive yeah. tackles definitely had issues. And Mahomes struggled with movement. If he's still not 100% on his mobility in these offensive tackles, we think are still going to struggle. How much of that, how much of that stuff is, um, how much of that stuff is still implemented in their playbook? Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely that's one of the great unknowns is the Mahomes health of it all. And again, we're all saying, you know, okay, he'll probably be okay. He'll probably play well. But you know, I'm assuming he's not 100. percent And Kyle, what if on the first play of the game, Hassan Reddick beats, uh, you know, Orlando Brown Jr. or uh, Andrew Wiley gets over to Mahomes and hits him and runs into Mahomes' foot, and now Mahomes is all of a sudden back to what he was in Jacksonville. Like, that's not – that's totally a reasonable thing to say is it, – it, what am I trying to say? It has a possibility of happening, and it's – it's if you're a Chiefs fan, that has to scare the hell out of you, the idea of that happening. Yeah. Not to mention, the Eagles have had the most luck against quarterbacks basically this entire season. Right. You know, if anything, we should bet on Chad Henney playing this game because that's what's <laughs> happened. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, you know – you just got to get the Eagles fans a little riled up. But, sure. <laughs> doesn't take much of Eagles fans. I, I love I love the Eagles fans. doesn't take much for them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, 
it is a very real possibility, especially if that thing's on 100%. It's very difficult to play on a high ankle sprain, um, never mind with just three weeks of rest. Yeah, uh, but again, it's Patrick Mahomes, so probably be fine. That's what we're that's what we're thinking. <laughs> I hope right. so for the sake of a good game. Yeah, uh, how much of a bump? bump? Kyle, what, well, I, I don't know. If Patrick Mahomes somehow uh, gets taken out of this game, uh, what are the, the? I feel like the Chiefs. Okay, in, instantly it's like Eagles, like minus. What's the line there in that situation? Is is it like Eagles like nine minus nine maybe? <laughs> minus eight, minus nine. Yeah, probably. I yeah, think it's worth at least a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, but but a touch, but that would still be like okay. There's a game. Yeah, maybe it's worth a while. Okay, maybe I don't know. Uh, I think greater than zero percent chance the Chiefs win. At least keep it close. Okay, greater than zero. That's fair. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, greater than we, ten, maybe not. Okay. Well, we we came to a uh, you know a, glad, glad we could come to a conclusion here, Kyle. Another I you know weird thing to talk about. Clyde edwards Lair is available for this game. I, I don't know what we're gonna see out of him. I don't know if we'll see anything out of him, but that's just another interesting wrinkle that I have my eye on. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not taking a lot out of that to be honest. I don't think he's going to be a part of this game plan at all. No, I, I think it's I think it's Pacheco and McKinnon's backfield. I think that's really all it is. I mean, it's definitely Pacheco. Pacheco is, and, and McKinnon's probably the guy who's going to come in and uh, you know, and and pass blocks. So I, I, you're probably right, but yeah, I mean, Pacheco. The run game has gotten significantly better once Pacheco came, uh, started being the like the the starting back. Yeah, he's electric. He's mm-hmm. he he is a good running back. I think he's going to be a big part of this team going forward. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ronald Jones on the field before we see Clyde Edwards Lair. That, that might be, that might be the case. The weirdest, didn't they like have Ronald Jones on, in, in like a third and one last game or something like that? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, all I know is one of these like four, you know, one of these three tight ends that isn't Travis Kelsey is going to catch a tight end, uh touchdown. And yeah. we're all going to lose our minds or something like that. Everyone's going to have Kelsey first touchdown bets. And one of these other three guys is going to catch the touchdown. Oh, Noah Gray is going to drive people crazy when they see a big guy catch a touchdown and they realize it's not Kelsey. Yeah, because the thing is so annoying with Gray is like he's this big, dorky-looking white guy. Mm-hmm. So we all just assume it's Kelsey, and then it's not <laughs> Kelsey. It's so annoying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fantasy owners must be must be uh, so frustrated with Noah Gray. <laughs> I would imagine so. What, what, what are Noah Gray's stats on the year? I want to look this up. Uh, let's see. I can pull it up right now. He is 28 catches, 299 yards, one touchdown. Okay, so that touchdown, uh, but uh, fantasy owners were pissed. Yeah, I trade him right now for Johnny Smith, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, but no, again, the Chiefs, they find ways to get these guys open. You also have Andy Reid scheming this stuff up, too. Kyle, the interesting thing about Andy Reid, uh, you know, should we start the... I don't know. Let's go there. Why don't we with Andy Reid? He has been to now 10 conference finals or later, right? Been to conference championship 10 times in his career. He has one ring to show for. I think if you win a ring here, then you're not a playoff choker. You have two rings, whatever. If you lose this one though, 10 conference championship appearances and only one ring to show for it. That's starting to look, you know, you get credit for getting to the conference championship. He's great at that. But could you start to talk about him as kind of a, a big game choker? Uh, I mean, we already talked about Andy Reid as a big game choker. Well, so. we talked about it before he won the ring, but I feel like those conversations died once it happened. But is it time to bring it back, Kyle? Yeah, maybe. I think it, it probably would have to come under consideration. Um, he, he, you know, I was almost in this whole narrative thing, too, of like 
Kansas City's been here before. Their coaching staff has been here before. You know, they know what they're doing. They're comfortable in the situation. They understand what it's like to be in a Super Bowl, all that stuff. And I'm like, well, that coach is Andy Reid. I don't know if I can really go into that. Sure. Yeah, just just hope he doesn't have to make any uh, clock management uh, decisions late in the game. Yeah, just inexplicably waste a challenge flag that for some reason the refs missed the call. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. There, there's uh, there's there's some interesting stuff there. But again, incredible at X's and O's. That stuff he's still he's still in that positive. Clearly, obviously. Yeah, one of the best play callers ever, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Yeah, one thing we didn't even talk about with the the you know the Eagles as well is you know I talked about the edge rushers. Uh, a lot of good interior defensive linemen as well. Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox can still play. Like again, they just have so many different guys. They rotate in so many of these guys. Joseph and mm-hmm. Sue have been huge in the run game. Yeah. All of these guys. Can, I mean, this team is legitimately, what, 10 deep on their defensive line alone? And that's even with, like, Derek Barnett missing the season. Right. Like, that's that's crazy that they have that guy coming back. Robert Quinn, not so much. But, I mean, they have a bunch of other guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. They know, uh, yeah. It, it's It's been absolutely incredible. Poor you know, Robert Quinn. Every now and then we, we just get some of these guys that we just make fun of every single podcast. Robert Quinn has totally become that guy. Eh, it's okay. He'll be fine. What, what he a great, yeah, what a great situation for Robert Quinn. Like he's clearly washed up. All of a sudden he gets traded to the best team in the NFC after being in on the worst, literally the worst team in football. And now we get to play in the Super Bowl. Um. Yeah, so I don't feel bad for him now. There we go. Yeah, so he can deal with some jokes on a podcast he's never going to listen to. Yeah, so um, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll catch his checks. He'll win the Super Bowl potentially, and mm-hmm. um, you know he doesn't have to worry about us. Kyle, uh, have you already read the script for the Super Bowl saying he's going to win? Uh, yeah, I'm already on it. Arian Foster sent it to me. So. <laughs> okay, that was that was nice of him. Uh, there is another quarterback playing in this Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts. Is and you yeah. know one thing about Jalen Hurts as well is everyone's talking about the health of Mahomes. Jalen Hurts, I think we can have the conversation about him as well. Of you know he is coming off of an injury, and I think it's fair to say has not looked as good coming off of the injury as he was prior to the injury. Is there any concerns about his health? Uh, there should be. He's uh, he's struggled at times against uh, you know def- some of the top defenses I think this year and. He hasn't looked as good since he's come back from his injury. I think it's fair to say he hasn't thrown the ball as well. I did not think he was good in that San Francisco game. They didn't need him to be that good. They blew him out. Uh, they scored 31 points. But I, I did not think he was that good in the game, just straight up. I didn't think he was – I don't think he's been bad since, since coming back from the injury. I would say he hasn't looked like himself, though. Yeah, that's fair. It, it looks a little just off. I guess mm-hmm. I would say, you know, some of these throws look a little, you know, I don't know, you know, just miss throws that he didn't miss earlier in the season. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, everyone talks about the, uh, you know, the nice thing, though, I guess I would say is, well, you got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard to throw to. So it should be at least OK. Yeah. Yeah. He's got plenty of skill position guys um, to go against and. This is this is where I think the Eagles should thrive. I mean, they got three pretty good running backs that they cycle in and out. They got Jalen Hurts who can also run the ball, and they got you know three pass catchers who are probably in the upper tier to elite category. And I even kind of like Quez Lockins, honestly. Yeah. So they got a lot of guys they can cycle in and out to come up with some big plays. Yeah, here's where the, what the Eagles do well on offense is every single position. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
even even their even their right tackle who's playing with a torn groin or whatever still really good with a torn groin yeah no it, it's incredible i mean let's actually start with you know we kind of touched on all of it let's start with the offensive line that is the, to me that is the headline of this is one of the all-time offensive lines really i mean jordan mylotta lane johnson landon dickerson isaac Samello, and jason kelsey i mean these are pro bowl caliber players at least at every single position uh yeah, definitely. Definitely at least if not all pro guys and I mean it starts with you know the thing if, if you know if you want to watch like great offensive line play and creative offensive line play just watch Eagles football games. Like yeah. the way they the way they use guys is so interesting. I mean Jason Kelsey we talked about it a little bit after their last game. I mean they pull like people don't really ever pull their centers in run plays. They pulled Chase and Kelsey all the time. And he's like he's like a fullback because he's so small, but he just crushes people. And he's incredible in that spot. And they can get away with pulling their center all the time because they, they got these two tanks that often left and right guard who just maul guys over. I mean, it's an incredible thing they do with this offensive line and how they built it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to mention, you know, Jordan Mailata is, you know, one of the b- best physical specimens just on the planet. Like, uh, just like in general, like he's absurd. So, I mean, again, absolutely ridiculous offensive line. And what's not fair is they also have a mobile quarterback. Like that should be illegal that you, you know, you should not be able to have a quarterback who can move with it. Cause it, when you already have those five offensive linemen, you don't get to then have your quarterback run and have a halfback also blocking that that's, that's not allowed. Yeah. And it's why it's made this team so difficult to beat this season. They've lost one game for a reason when Jalen hurts plays because <laughs> I mean, we we talk about it all the time. I have said it over and over again. This is probably the best version of the the read option offense installed in the NFL ever. I know Lamar Jackson won an MVP with similar concepts. I think that's but, a hot take. Yeah, I think uh, higher than Lamar is a bit of a hot take. But it's just like this team just – it's not even about scoring points or gaining yards. It's just that you cannot get the ball away from these guys. Like, it's just incredible the way they can control clock, control games. And it just seems like no matter what, they're going to get the lead. And when they get the lead, they're going to sit on the ball and you're never going to get it back because they're always getting a first down. And with Nick Sirianni as their coach, what he's done really well is anytime it's third and fourth and one, they're converting because they're always going for it on fourth down with them. And it's because Jalen Hurts is so good in those one-yard situations. Yeah. Uh, Listen, uh, okay. Uh whether or not they're better than the uh, 2019 Ravens or not is a conversation for another day, perhaps. But they're very, they're they're incredible at what they do. Uh, you're absolutely right, and this is the kind of team where they're basically built to have the lead in the fourth quarter. Like if they get the fourth, they're like I don't know, like a python, right? Once they get the grip on you, you're not getting out. Yeah, and they got good players that can also you know make things happen too. Whether it's you know. Kenneth Gainwell had a moment in these playoffs against the Giants. Uh, Miles Sanders was very good against the 49ers. Or all of these receivers can step up and make a play, too. So, you know, no matter what they need, they got someone who can go and make the plays for them, and that's the big thing. Yeah. Kyle, there's guys I really like on this Chiefs defensive line. Chris Jones, obviously, is a star. I think Michael Dana uh, is really one of the underrated defensive linemen. Uh, You know, you have other play. you know, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, you have Carl Loftus, Saunders, uh, Naughty, plenty of you know, uh, plenty of players on this Chiefs defensive line who I like. I don't see them getting pressure consistently in this game. I just can't see that happen. Maybe on a specific play or two. Maybe if Hurts hold on, if they can get good coverage and Hurts holds on to the ball for too long, they can get pressure. But consistent pressure against these five guys, I don't see it happening. It's really hard, and also you know, their tight ends block. 
You know, they, yeah. they don't, it's not necessarily just the five guys on the line of scrimmage. They sure. got guys in the backfield and a tight end who can also block and help out that way too. So it's, it's incredibly difficult to get to Hertz anyways, regardless. And he's so good at moving around and buying time because he's, he is that mobile. He's one of those elite mobility guys. So it's incredibly difficult to get pressure on the quarterback and bring him down against his team. And I agree. Like, I think that there's stars and I think Chris Jones, like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if Chris Jones has like three sacks in this game and it's still a bad Chiefs defensive line day mm-hmm. because it's like they get three sacks but it's on like four pressures. Right. Yeah. That that feels like that's actually something that could happen because the one thing you have to say about Hurts though is that uh, I believe he has one of the worst uh, pressure to sack ratios in the NFL. Like when you pressure him, he it yeah. it can disrupt him. The issue is you just, it's hard to pressure him. Yeah. The one weakness, the biggest weakness I think in Hurts' game in my opinion, is against zone defense at times because he holds on to the ball forever against zone defenses. And he's trying to make a big play. So you mm-hmm. can't fault it that much. But he takes some hits because of that. And um, I think one of the things Kansas City has done the second half of this season, they've dropped their safeties deep. Steve Magnola has been one of the most aggressive defensive coordinators in the NFL for what, 16 years, 15 years, however mm-hmm. long it's been. And you know, he realizes the limitations on this defense and what he when he can go for it and when he cannot go for it. Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill typically sit a lot more downfield than you typically see Spagnola defenses. And, you know, if, if they're going to sit in that deep zone defense and Hurts holds the ball, Chris Jones is eventually going to get him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but this comment made me laugh of Kelsey not blocking is a disgrace. I can't stand tight ends who won't block. I just like the idea of someone watching the TV and getting like angry at like Kelsey not being able to block. Like, ah, the three times a game he blocks. Yeah, they, they got other tight ends who can block. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. Kelsey can block all right. Like, he's not a great blocker, but he's fine. They just don't have him do it. He, yeah, because why would you? He, he's not a tight end. You know, <laughs> it, that's the problem. He's right, yeah. He, yeah, exactly. Uh, he just felt like a tight end. No, yeah. uh, I'll be honest. I, I uh, missed a lot of what you said because I was laughing at that comment. Uh, Very unprofessional by me. No, you're Talking about Chris good. Jones. Uh Oh, deep safeties, uh, zone defense, Jalen Hurts holds the ball too long. He's going to get hit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Definitely something that can happen. Um, You know, and again, you have these receivers who can play. And, you know, one thing that's interesting, actually, last thing I want to say about this too is I think they pick up blitzes pretty well on top of it. Like, I think that they're okay, even Mm -hmm. if, because, you know, Chiefs will blitz. That's kind of a, I don't know why Steve Spagnuolo has the get pressure with four mindset thing. Like, you know, the it comes from the narrative in the Super Bowl when they beat the undefeated Patriots, even though they blitzed a lot in that game. But for some reason, that's what the narrative was. Uh, but, like, you know, he, he he blitzes. His blitz percentage is around mediocre, but they definitely, when they feel like they can get a half, they, they change it up depending on the situation. But I just don't think they'll blitz and get a ton of pressure in this one either. Yeah, I mean, they do have some incredible athletes at linebackers that can make plays. And sure. I think they're, you know, they're some of their guys in the secondary they use also blitz very well. But at the same time, this Eagles, this Eagles offensive line is just a different, different breed, man. It really is. It's different than dealing with anything else in football. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, very fascinating stuff all around. Here's something I want to say, though. Everyone's talking about, well, Chiefs secondary. Uh, I thought, I don't know. This Chiefs secondary is pretty good, I think. Like, it's it's weird because it's given up yards through the air. There's no denying that. But I feel like, you know, they've graded very well. PFF's a big fan of them. And they have players who can play, right? Lejarius Need is a good corner and should be able to, especially if he ha- 
excuse me, especially if he has like safety help with, uh, you know, going up against AJ Brown, like, I think he's, again, no one's can shut down A.J. Brown, I don't think, but he should be able to be all right, and he is playing in this game. It's been announced that Snead will play. I think that's a big deal. Trent McDuffie's been a very good slot corner for them. Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams have both been, you know, kind of revelations for, uh, you know, draft picks that I don't think anyone really had uh, was on their radar. They've both been good. And then safeties, Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill, Brian Cook, those are three good safeties. This is a team that's not as easy to throw on as people think they are. No. And the big thing they've done is since uh who was the who was the white safety that everyone laughed at last year? Um, um oh, D- Daniel Sorensen. Yeah. I mean, the big thing is since they got him out of the lineup, they just don't give up as many big plays anymore. That right. was the problem. You know, the, the I think the narratives are still from the old Chiefs defense because they gave up tremendous amount of big plays in their secondary because they were getting burned on stuff like that. Ever since they took Sorensen out of their lineup and off their team, it's been a lot better. It's been a lot better because he's not giving up those big plays. Like you said, they have those safeties over the top. And, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, you know, how important is Legarius need in this game and going to be in this game? A.J. Brown's a tremendous one-on-one wide receiver. They're not going to leave on a lot of one-on-one coverages, I think, but because there's so many other – we just talked about how many other skill position guys are on Philadelphia, there are going to be at times where he's going to be left with, on an island sort of thing. You know, in Legereus, you know, A.J. Brown is – he's tough to deal with because he's 6'1", 226, and can run. Mm-hmm. Legereus Need is also 6'1", 192. He matches up physically – incredibly well with aj brown and has the talent to kind of win sometimes like you said no one's going to full-on stop aj brown but this is the kind of corner that's kind of built to deal with him yeah another interesting about the chiefs is you know uh drop back epa 16th in the league right kind of like mediocre one there uh but wonder uh when you take out garbage time out of account they jump up the ninth best in the league and drop back epa defensively and like you said the, I thought, you know, great stuff with the A.J. Brown thing. Uh, yeah, Snead should be able to do a decent job. But the flip side is like, okay, I do think Devonta Smith then can have a big day. I think he can be someone who can come in, and as long as he plays like Devonta Smith, he might actually be the key guy to watch, not A.J. Brown here. Yeah, and you know, I, I like what we've seen from Trent McDuffie this season. Even Jalen Watson as a late-round pick has been a solid player, but that's a huge spot to be put in. That's a huge spot to be put in the Super Bowl to ask to win against a guy like Devontae Smith, chase him around the field. It's not going to be an easy task, and I I think Smith's a better player than either of those guys. Yeah, and listen, I think it's a mismatch. I think the Eagles have the mismatch. I think the Eagles have the advantage when it comes to the matchup. I'm just saying, I think some people are acting like this is a trash secondary. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, they got... The other thing, too, is, you know, we talked about Goddard. Goddard's a very good tight end, by the way, and, you know, Kansas City does have some guys in the linebacker spots that also can cover too. So they got guys who I think can cover. Mm -hmm. It's just can they cover everything against Philadelphia I think might be too tough. Well, yeah, because basically, again, we talk about scheme. A lot of what the Chiefs try to do, right, is funnel everything to the middle, force you to throw over the middle, which, you know, the Eagles are sometimes at their best when they're throwing outside the numbers, and the Chiefs are at their worst defensively when uh, they're getting thrown to outside the numbers. Uh, if, If the... Eagles can find ways to scheme up a lot of those down the field passing passes outside the numbers. I think they win this game, but I, you know, again, uh, Steve Spagnuolo very good at winning X's and O's battles and does a lot of, you know, a lot of times you come away from that game, like, man, the chiefs, uh, defense really out schemed the opposing, opposing offense. And we could see, we'll see if that happens here. 
Yeah, especially in big games. I think they're going to have a plan for this. Um, you know, and it still might not work because there's too much talent in Philadelphia's offense. But I definitely think they come into this with a plan. And then, you know, circling back to Hurts, you know, if he if he throws some of those downfield throws like he had in San Francisco, I could see Philadelphia's offense struggling because I do think there's opportunities for them to have big plays in this game. He has to hit those throws. He's going to have to have five or six really big throws in this game. Yeah. Uh, or they run the ball just all game, right? That's the other aspect. They just they yeah. they run the ball like seventy percent at a time. Uh, I mean that's very possible too. They could end up with two hundred and fifty rushing yards. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and you know, and also if if they do decide to blitz Hurts, that could be a way that he could scramble outside the pocket and make stuff happen with his legs. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's. <laughs> I feel like we're you know, there's a lot of opportunities for Philadelphia to attack this Kansas City defense. And it's going to be an interesting chess match, I think, between, you know, Hertz and this offensive coaching staff for um, Philadelphia and Spagnola in this defense. Yeah. Here's another interesting thing about just the Eagles in general. I think it's fair to say this is a team that is not battle tested. This is a team mm-hmm. that had a relatively easy schedule. I think it was ranked like 21st or 22nd uh, in terms of uh, difficulty. But also, you know, they haven't had to necessarily play a team like the Chiefs all season. They've. Even in both playoff games, they ended up kind of getting lucky with how it broke out, and they they earned a one seed. That that was part of why it was able to be you know easy for them. But still, this is a team that they're going to get punched in the mouth in this game. They're gonna you know this is going to be a close game. We all assume they're going to get frustrated at times, and how well they handle that could be the difference in if they win or lose this game. Yep. Um, listen, they they had. Uh, by EPA metrics, they had the second easiest schedule of quarterbacks this season. Interesting. That is a lot different than facing Patrick Mahomes. Right. So, yes, guess what? If you win the Super Bowl, if you make it this far, no one get no one gives a shit about your strength of schedule. It does yeah. not matter. Right. But at the same time, it's it's a huge different test between facing you know some of the guys that they face and then facing Patrick Mahomes. It's a huge test. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's I feel like you know it's final boss mode in both scenarios, right? Playing mm-hmm. uh, the new evil empire in the Kansas City Chiefs for the Eagles, and then for the Chiefs, it's like playing the defense that uh, you swore to destroy uh, in this previous offseason. Yeah, so there is a ton of interesting matchups. Um, I think we touched on everything offense and defense. Is there anything else you want to add about these guys? Uh, well, we could talk some special teams for a second if you wanted to. Tommy Townsend. Tommy Townsend, huge, huge part yeah. of this game. He's mm-hmm. an absolute tank. The guy's a monster at the punting game. And you know what? If if Philadelphia wants to run the ball all the time, that's where Townsend's going to come into play. You got to make sure Philadelphia is having twenty play drives. They have to go all the way down the field and score. Sure. And if Good Townsend's point. able to pin them back over and over and over again, it's going to be very hard to run the ball consist all the way down the field all the time and score a lot of points that way. So Townsend has a huge advantage over Philadelphia's punter who kicked the wire the other uh, last game. So I don't know. Well, for one thing, I mean, Philadelphia's punter uh, is, you know, they've had a weird situation where what Aaron Sipos, I think is how you pronounce his name. Sipos. I don't know. It's S I P O S S. He got hurt. Uh, so then they had Brett Kern come in uh, and Brett Kern was, was not very good. You know, Tommy Townsend, uh, great net punts, uh, net yards per punt of 45.6. I mean, this is, you know, uh, that's for people who don't know punting stats, that's very good. Uh, Aaron Sippos had a respectable 39.5 
net yards per punt. And Brett Kern comes in a 36.6, believes those Sippos will play uh, in the Super Bowl is what he's saying. Uh, I believe that's that's what's happening. But I don't know. It's a bit of a concern, right? In a game where the last thing you want is for something bad, something to go poorly on a special teams play. If a kick, a punter who isn't fully healthy, like what if he shanks one here? Yeah, he's playing. Is that what they're saying? I believe that's what I that's what I read online. It was a few days ago. It's possible it's changed. Um, I would be shocked if he plays. I don't know. Like either way, it's not a great situation. He hasn't kicked the ball since December. Four. It's it says yes. Five days ago, Eagles punter Aaron Sippo says he's ready to go for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Um, that seems wild. That mm-hmm. seems like it. You know, that's something we're gonna have to watch every time. How is this guy gonna handle? He hasn't kicked the ball since December fourth. I don't know. That seems like it's a recipe for disaster. Anyway, my big thing was Tommy Townsend. I think is gonna have an impact on this game because yeah. if he's mm-hmm. able to flip this field position battle in Kansas City's favor. I do think that's advantage. That's a big advantage for KC in this one because I don't trust either of the Eagles punters right now. Right. Uh, you know, one thing I would say is I think uh, Britton Convoy, the uh, the returner for the Eagles, I would put him ahead of you know uh, what his average yards per return is nine point three. Both Tony and Sky Moore, because again we don't know which one's going to play, but uh, both of them have the same average yards per return in six point one. So you got a bit of an advantage in the returning situation. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But most, I feel like with both of these return games, it's more about just don't turn the ball over. Right. You know, yeah. That's that's all you want. I'm not expecting either of these guys. That, these aren't flashy special teams groups. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, uh, you know, just don't turn the ball over. That's all you want. Make sure your quarterback can do great things. Yeah. And if it's late in the game, hey, maybe uh, don't be afraid to put a hand on someone's back. Uh, you know, do what you got to do. Get a, get a big return. <laughs> Block in the back. Do whatever you can. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely true. We've seen it work, um, <laughs> you know. And then Bucker and Jake Elliott are good. That's that's basically well. Bucker's been interesting this year, right? His his kicking percentage is down. He's seventy five percent on the year, uh, and he's weirdly never been that great at uh, point afters. I didn't realize this until I looked it up. Uh, his yeah. point after like, ninety two point seven, so that's below average. Like that's you, you'd think he'd be very good at that. Uh, the one thing is he's been he's three for seven. On over 50, he's still been 88% under 50, which is still a bit on the low side, but not that bad. But I don't know. Uh, he, he's had a bad year for by his standards. Yeah, I just, I don't know. He, it feels like every time they need him to make one, he makes it. I don't know. Sure. It's just something that he's been around for so long. Like, if you look at over the last two playoffs, he is basically 9 for 10 on field goals. And the only one he missed was 50-plus yards. And... He is uh, trying to do math here in my head. Uh, Seventeen for eighteen on extra point attempts. So he's good when it matters most. <laughs> sure, yes, that's fair. But who do you trust in game on the line? Need a fifty-yard field goal down by a point. Jake Elliott or Har- Harrison Bucker? Who are you putting? Uh, who are you putting the ball on? On the I don't know. Who are you giving the ball to? <laughs> uh, give me Elliott. Elliott's pretty money. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and hey, he had a big, big field goal uh, that, you know, I'm sure broke your heart and the uh, Eagles Patriots, you know, that to put him up eight uh, would have given the Patriots good field position had he missed it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Sorry. All right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, we won't <laughs> we won't have to talk about man. Poor, poor you. All this 2017. I just realized all season I've been like, oh, this reminds me of 2017, forgetting that they beat your team in the Super Bowl this whole time. Yeah. That, you know, Matt Patricia is the worst person in my life. That's just basically what it is. He's he's single handedly 
He single-handedly take my team like four times. I'm sick of that man. That's probably pretty good though. If the worst person in your life is uh, a coach of a football team, yeah, sure. He could still be launched in the sun. That's all. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, I could have made a joke there. I'm not gonna not gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but let's let's. Okay, I think we covered this game, Kyle. I think is it time for picks? It is time for picks. So the the ball is in your court. It is your pick. You have the least amount of points. Who are you going with to win Super Bowl 57? Super Bowl 57. Everyone's wondering, can I pull off the three-peat? I've been getting emails uh, from, you know, pro- former presidents saying, like, uh, you know, good luck to you on your ability to potentially pull this off. Um, Kyle, as always, I do my what what points per drive do I expect each team to do when I try to not pay attention to what I did when I do one side of the ball to, and then go on the other side of the ball. Uh, I predicted the Chiefs would score 26 points in 11 drives. Then, without looking at what my score was, uh, you know, a little bit later, I predicted the Eagles to get 2.4 points per drive, which puts them at 26 points in 11 drives. I have a tie, which I have never had in the history of doing this. Uh, I've been doing this for the same way for three years. I've never had this happen, so fitting it happens in a Super Bowl. But with the tie, yeah, so I have it going to overtime. Give me... I can't go against Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs 29-26 in overtime. I, I just I, I, I gotta go against the, the you know, I, I I'll let you bet against I'll let everyone else bet against Mahomes. I'm going with Mahomes. I'm seeing how this works. I feel more comfortable going with the well, going with the guy. Uh and you know, uh, I could see this going either way. I really could. I think it's a great game, but I don't know. Uh sometimes the simple take is the right one. Give me the uh, MVP. Yeah, I was with that one. I was on Kansas City side too. Um, I just, I don't know. We we just did all of the breakdown. We did a lot of breakdown. There's some really good nuggets in there, matchups, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we were great. Just, I mean, we nailed it. Yeah, it was yeah great we're job, awesome. Give mm-hmm. us a, give us a thumbs up. Gosh, yeah, man, come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just look at this like you know the narrative is simply like, okay, how many times like Mahomes has been here before. The Chiefs have been here before more than, you know, there's a few guys on the Eagles still from that last team. Not much. You know, this team has been here before and I just trust Mahomes in a big spot over Jalen Hurts. And I think it's that simple for me. Yeah, uh, we got some, you know, mixed reactions to what we say. I have a good pick. We have a boo thumbs down. We also have not so easy being a Patriots fan now. Ha 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 ha. So uh, some <laughs> the reviews all over the place. Yeah, that guy's getting blocked. <laughs> do you have blocking power i should give you blocking power no i don't have blocking power that's probably a good thing <laughs> yeah i think Love so it. i think we i think we would have no fans left if you had blocking power yeah um yeah i don't know i think it's i think this is going to be really close i think both of these teams are fantastic i just give the edge to patrick mahomes who's the best quarterback in the league right now yeah and here's the take i have too that's completely irrational and everyone's gonna make fun of me for it don't this eagles team kind of feel like a super bowl losing team Right, like they're great across the board. They're very fantastic, but like I don't know, this feels like a team I could see losing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, doesn't the narrative just feel like, oh, Mahomes is the greatest? Oh my gosh, all this that's going to come out of this, and then also, well, of course, this Eagles team lost in the Super Bowl. They didn't play anybody. That's going to be the narrative coming out, uh-huh. regardless that they won for fifteen games or whatever. Right, regardless of the fact that Jalen Hurts has literally lost one game this year. Yeah. So. uh yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be a ridiculous narrative, but I could see it as a narrative. Yeah. Also, Desert Fox says uh, unsubscribe. So okay, listen, can't please everybody. All right, it's it's our it's our prediction. <laughs> listen, it's just a prediction. Uh, who cares? 
Yeah. Um, you know, feel free to come back Sunday night at midnight and tell us that we're wrong. Looking forward to it. Oh, did I lose Jackson? Is Jackson's internet gone or my internet gone? What happened? People in the chat, can you hear me? Huh. Well, this would be a fitting way to end the show. <laughs> I guess the uh, the Eagles fans have cut the wiring on. Uh, I guess the uh, the Eagles fans have definitely cut the wiring on Jackson's feed. So we'll give him a couple minutes here, see if we mm -hmm. get it back. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Jackson? <laughs> Oh man, his internet just died. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll give him a second. Oh, he's back. There we go. So now, yeah, uh, what what a time for that. Um, <laughs> At the end, yeah. Uh, well, hey, at least get it out of the way here. I don't want any internet issues. Uh, come Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, <laughs> hopefully says there's no Kyle is the star anyway. Who needs Jackson? That's fair. I had no, I had no idea what to say. I couldn't tell if it was me, me buffering uh -huh. or you. So at least we're yeah. here now. I like all the uh, Jackson got got by an Eagles fan. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, um, they came after you. Phil, the, those Philly fans are crazy. You saw him <laughs> climbing the building or whatever it was the other day. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was. Uh, uh, yeah, what's going on here? These people are lunatics. Nobody do anything dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Eagles fans. I'm all I'm I'm totally pro Philadelphia fans. I'm not just saying that because I'm worried for my safety. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can be pro Philly fans. Just don't be stupid. Don't climb a building. Just Kyle, I also have to say, I was thinking about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, look out for your safety, please. Uh, I have to think about it as well. Uh, Kyle, the, Mahomes has lost three times now in the playoffs. Uh, I, you know, credit to me, I have correctly predicted every time he had lost. So uh, one of them was before we even, we were doing a podcast, but I was still doing my YouTube show. So could for the first time ever, me think Mahomes wins and he ends up losing. Yeah, you also predicted him to lose last week. So. Well, yeah, I, I predicted him to lose uh, a good amount of times. That he's, I, yeah. I predicted him to lose a lot. I, I don't know why. <laughs> this time you're not betting against him, though. You can't do it again. No, can't do it again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, okay, if a team has a history of success at beating a guy, I'll take that team. Yeah, fair enough. No, I get you. Mm -hmm. But no, again, it's the weirdest thing where it's like. I'm saying I think the I'm saying I think the Chiefs have like a 60% chance to win, all right? Or like a 55% chance to win. That doesn't mean they're going to win. Yeah. And really you have a, like a 52% chance of winning. Right. Uh yeah, I, I asked uh, on the uh, on the channel, I made a a poll saying who's winning the Super Bowl. What do you think the poll said? Uh I would say Eagles probably had a higher percentage. Uh, what what would you guess the percentage is? Eagles 56, 55. Oh, well, you're almost on. Yeah. Eagles 58, uh, right around there. Oh, that was close. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they say Eagles, but it's, it's a uh, relatively close. Also, uh, 7.8 thousand people voted on it. I guess people love voting on polls. On the, I, I got to do more polls, I guess. Yeah. Boost your numbers, man. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, people, people love polls. I guess so. So what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Kyle, it should be an awesome Super Bowl. What are your plans for Super Bowl Sunday? You're just going to watch the game? Yeah, I got to buy some food. Um, I got sick of, you know, doing the whole takeout stuff, you know, just uh -huh. having to wait for all that. So I'm going to go buy some, probably some wings and burgers and got a few people here. And then that'll be that. 
half the crew here is only interested in the halftime show. Um, gotcha. But, you know, they'll talk through the game. I'll get annoyed. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Kyle, you have to be, you have to give us the halftime show report because I'm not going to be paying attention during it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Rihanna's gorgeous. So I'll, I'll watch. Sure. All right. Uh, Kyle, uh, yeah. Uh, is what should that be the, uh, the title of our final podcast? Rihanna's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think that works. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll see it. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think so. I believe Rihanna is actually a big fan of the On the Sightline podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if she's locked in on Olympics week after week? Oh, I think. Well, do you think she she's a big Team Kyle uh, woman? I would assume. I would hope so. I'm Team uh-huh. Rihanna. So <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. We'll we'll see uh, how all of that goes. Um. Yeah. Uh, should be should be fun. Next time we talk, there will be no more football left until August. Well, yeah. I mean, not that forever. I hope. Yeah. Guess still, you never know. Still got USFL, man. That's that's true. Uh, so so no more football left until August. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kyle. Uh, what'd you think of LeBron passing the all-time uh, points record last night? You know that was actually a cooler sports moment than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like the game was interesting, despite OKC kind of just you know the the Lakers were playing All-Star game level defense, and like OKC was torching them, but. Like, I kind of expected it just be like, okay, he's going to take a ton of shots. This isn't going to be very fun to watch. But no, it was an incredibly watchable game, and it was fun to see it happen. And watching everybody, like, go crazy every time he had a shot, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I mean, it speaks to, you know, whether or not you believe he's the greatest of all time or not. You know, I think that's besides the point. He could be first, he could be second, he could be third. You know, you could be like Skip Bayless and have him 10th, whatever you want. Sure. You know? The, the amazing thing is, is that this guy had the most expectations in NBA history by far. You know, all mm-hmm. this hype we're seeing for Victor Wimbanyama this offseason, it's that quintupled for LeBron James in 2003, where there wasn't social media even. And he still managed to exceed every expectation we had. That's an incredible thing. Yeah, no, uh, it, it was cool. I have to say, though, uh, the Thunder. So LeBron is, what, two points away from breaking the record the crowd's going crazy and the thunder say okay time out let's calm the crowd what are we come on uh let let the let the, let the moment play out what are we doing here it was so funny so they called they called the timeout and it was um then he hits it with like 10 seconds left and then they mm-hmm. stopped the whole game at 10 seconds left in the <laughs> for so quarter. long oh my like, god there were so many different things we could have just done the third quarter and then celebrated after the third we could have done <laughs> the last r- possession and then <laughs> right and then, it, I don't know. The The weirdest thing about the game was that none of the Lakers teammates, like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, were like the only two people who didn't want to be in the building that day. And Interesting. Then well, Russell Westbrook. Mean, well, so apparently Russell Westbrook was getting into a fight with his coach at halftime. And oh. then there was a video of Anthony Davis when he hit the shot that broke the record. Everybody mm-hmm. on the Lakers bench is up, ready to cheer. And he's just sitting there. He doesn't react at all to him <laughs> making the shot. Okay, and then Russell Westbrook gets traded like an hour ago. So there's that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of chaos going on with this. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it was fun though. I mean, again, uh, the amount of time they spent in the middle of the game to like, I was like, I was so I was watching it, 
And okay, hits the shot. Very cool. And then they said, stop it for a second. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll stop it for a second. And then they start playing this video package on the Jumbotron. I'm like, all right, that seems like a bit much, but okay, it's basketball. You know, it's a so it's basketball's a soap opera, right? Okay, let them let them have their moment. And then Adam Silver comes out and starts giving a speech. And then Kareem Abdul Jabbar has to give a, a basketball to LeBron James. Uh, and then you have to have this uh this photo shoot, and then LeBron uh gives a speech of his own. They really uh they made a meal of it. Yeah. Well, they did something kind of similar for Kareem, but I just felt like they, you know, and they said that they were going to stop the game. I didn't really know what that meant and how mm-hmm. long it was going to be. I just felt like they could have waited till the end of the quarter. If it was between the third and the fourth, I'd be like, all right, cool. You know, it's an extended right. break. Usually usually the way that stuff works is like they, you know, like, I don't know. I was at the game when Mike Evans broke the Buccaneers all time touchdown record, which is obviously nowhere near as big of an accomplishment, but like, you know, uh, they just like in the, at a commercial, they like they set it on the on the like jumbotron. Like I think that's typically customary. Yeah, because wasn't didn't Brady do like the passing yards thing this past year or whatever it was or touchdowns last uh, the year before? Uh, yeah, I think that might have been the year before. So it wasn't that big a deal, but but I don't think they was, even like stopped the game for that. To be fair, that's been broken a few times now. Uh-huh. You know this this was a forty year record or whatever it was. That was cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as David says in the chat, they should have had Rihanna perform. She's probably ready. She's always ready to perform. Rihanna, I hope you're listening. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, we need to calm you down. Uh, th- that is our show. Thank you to everybody for watching. If you like listening to podcasts, uh, anywhere you get your podcast, search on the Sideline Podcast. You could then listen to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe there, rate us, all that good stuff. Or don't, keep watching here, whatever you want to do. Kyle, uh, let them know where they can find us on Twitter before we head out. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Jackson Kruger. Make sure to follow me at by Kyle Grondon. And make sure to follow the account page that's at on the sideline JK. That is at on the sideline JK. Yeah, Kyle, did you ever give a final score for who? I know you had the Chiefs winning. Oh, I had Chiefs. Uh, I had 33 to 28. Okay, so you're expecting a high scoring game. A little bit, yeah. I think both teams can move the ball. Yeah, no, should be should be an awesome Super Bowl. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, you know, again, uh, thank you to everybody. We do appreciate it. We'll be live midnight Eastern talking about the Super Bowl. So uh, definitely been a look out there, and I'll be posting tons of content throughout the Super Bowl. So if you're you know uh, bored at a not great Super Bowl party, check out my YouTube channel. Maybe you can watch some videos during it and definitely after it. Um, again, thank you to everybody. We appreciate it. And until next time, see you later, alligator. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.